Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief on News Talk. Well, it's time for the best part of the week, and that's Movies and Booze. And I'm delighted to be joined by Serena Bellissimo, Jean Smullen, and Fanula Jones. Good afternoon Hello. to you all. Um, somebody's been pouring me wine. Who's doing that? That was me. That was me, dear. <laughs> yeah. job. The job suddenly got lovely. <laughs> okay. Um, Serena, I will start with you. What movies are we looking at today? I'm so excited about today because this movie, it feels like it has been promoted for the last two or three months. Okay, We're going to be talking. Presume you're talking about Elvis. Yes, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Can you tell how excited I am about it? It is. I'm just going to say. Have you just, seen it? seen it twice. Oh, wow. And I don't do that. I don't see... So good you've seen it twice. Yeah, and I like if it's over two hours, it's hard to get me back into the cinema because it's like, does it really need to be two hours long? This is two hours and 39 minutes. Oh, wow. And both times I was just like, oh, my God. Now, my mum was a massive, still is, a massive Elvis fan. So I grew up with Elvis. Okay. And it was just... Oh, so, so good. And then the other one we're doing is if you don't want to go out, you can stay home and watch Netflix and J-Lo's Halftime. So it's about her Super Bowl and her career. And I watched it. I can highly recommend it. Have you all seen it? Oh, I, I actually was looking to watch it the other day and then I thought, oh, do I want to watch a documentary about J-Lo? Ah, you do. But now actually I'm convinced. All <laughs> right, I totally I do. do. If you're an older woman in particular, now she's 50 and to see her doing the old ah, she's Super Bowl. She's only a baby. For she God. is only a baby. I agree with you, but she's doing a lot for that. For that baby age, <laughs> um, when you see her now at the Super Bowl, like it's it's so empowering, it's so uplifting, isn't it? The J Lo, no. no. Do you know what it, my problem was? Right, she's so not I happy. Had, I can tell. She's not happy. I, I heard a lot of that. Right, so I think I and I I think she's amazing. Like she's some woman for one woman. Yeah, but I think everyone had had built it up like that to me, and I was like, oh my god, this is going to be phenomenal, phenomenal. It's good, but please go in, like, lower your expectations so then when you walk away from it, you can have that reaction. Oh, no, absolutely. And it's really only <laughs> an extension of it in somebody's Instagram. Like, it's all very <laughs> indulgent. Here I am being fabulous. Here I am being more fabulous. Yes, there's a bit of a struggle, but no, there isn't really because I'm a multimillionaire. <laughs> you know, I think that's the best way. I've never seen something described as that. The uh, doc- music documentary described as an extended Instagram post. <laughs> but isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, she's, she's magnificent. Now, I ventured away from Elvis. Do we need to go back to that? No, no. So we'll talk more, uh, more at length about those two films as the show goes on. Okay, and and okay, so we'll we'll get back to that. And, and then I said the S word, Deirdre, and of course immediately the skies opened and they're going to open for the whole weekend. <laughs> but I picked two lovely white wines for us to try. One from Sicily, which nothing says summer like Sicily, Indeed. and the other one from Australia, another summery place. So for you know, when the rain goes, you can enjoy these lovely. We have uh, Australian Chardonnay from Wolf Blast, probably one of the most famous winemakers in the world. I think I had this wine at my wedding. Did you? Oh, Wolf Blast Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely wine. Is that the one you poured from there? That's, no, I actually, the one I, I, I the, is, is an obscure grape variety from Sicily called Catana. And um, it's from a, a lovely female winemaker that I'm Priscilla, her name speaking of Elvis. That's how I remember her name. <laughs> um, that I met at a dinner um, quite recently uh, with Lynn Coyle of O'Brien's who bring in this wine. And it's, I love Sicily and I've been there a couple of times and I think it's the most amazing island and they make fabulous wines. So I thought an obscure grape variety from Sicily um, which is not mainstream but is available on offer in O'Brien's at the moment would be a great one to start the weekend with. Oh yeah. Oh it'll be ideal. There's nobody going to say <laughs> ah yeah no I've no interest in that wine. 
from Sicily. Where is she going with that? Um, Fanula, of course, joins us every week to bring a bit of showbiz in Hollywood to our shores. Lots of news going on, going around. Fanula, um, this really caught my attention. Brad Pitt, it says, is on his last legs. But I don't think that uh, is really what was meant by that headline. Um, no, not really. Uh, he did a new interview with uh, GQ where he's kind of talking about, you know, like his career so far. And there's a lot of other weird parts of the interview. I would recommend going and reading it in full if you have a bit of time this weekend with your wine would make a good accompaniment um, but he's basically just talking about how he sees like this last portion of his career or the portion he's in now I suppose that he's kind of like weighing it up now and asking himself like the kind of work he's going to do and everything else he's doing a lot of stuff behind the camera at the minute with his production company so I don't know if it's going to be a bit more of that um, I didn't actually realise this it's the company Plan B Entertainment is producing the Marilyn Monroe biopic with Anna Darmus that we got the trailer for this We're week Blanche. a lot of biopics aren't we Elvis and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, people just love between that. I think we're getting into kind of reboot territory with it. Do you feel the same, Serena? Where it's like I'm kind of. It's not that I'm like. Of course, I want to see like Marilyn on the screen and stuff, and she's like a really interesting figure, and Elvis is a really interesting figure, and that hasn't been done before. But there's a part of me as well that's like. Well, it has because we had our we had our Johnny Reese Myers play Elvis brilliantly. Oh yeah, Mm. I totally forgot about that. Where did he play that? Don't ask me what it was called. (laughs) I can't remember what it was called, but he got it. He won a Golden Globe for it. I remember that. Oh yeah, and he was magnificent. There you and go. he looked I'm a bit really like him. Yeah. No, he actually yeah, now that you say it, he is it in the face. Um yeah, I don't know, it's just like that's a weird thing to say. He's um, a bit Elvis in the he's face, alright. Yeah. So he is. Yeah, I'm just I wouldn't mind a bit more original stuff, you know what I mean? Like uh, the no, another thing he's producing is the Beetlejuice sequel. Who asked for that? Do you know what I mean? Like uh, just, Johnny Depp, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but he is uh, starring in a couple of other things coming up. So there's um, Bullet Train. He plays an assassin in that. And he's also alongside Margot Robbie in Babylon, which is a film about the transition from silent films to the talkies. So as much as he says he's on his last legs, like he's still very busy. Like I don't think there's any sign of him retiring anytime soon. So there you go. Good interview. Go read it. It's in GQ. Okay. There are texts in here. J-Lo, her movie where she plays a stripper should have gotten an Oscar. Well, Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Can we have a chat about that? Absolutely. I came prepared. I, it's the only film I've ever walked out of. <gasps> I don't walk out of films. That Why? Can't buy, me, can't, can't buy Me Love or something. There was another one. Um, a few years ago that I walked out of yeah. I just felt and maybe I need to watch it again maybe I was in a mood I think you I do. was just like oh my gosh what is it just it, it just there was something about it I'm not a prude I enjoy films like that what is that saying about me right now but you know <laughs> yeah I, I mean know. they talk about it uh, cons- a huge amount in the biopic Hustlers it's called oh, big time um, I didn't see it though and it's, when I was watching the JLo doc I thought I think I need to see Hustlers but now you've put me right off what, no don't because I think I'm going to watch it again because I reckon I was in a mood because I didn't get as I said I walked out with half an hour to go, I went, I cannot watch this. I found it was just dribble and it was just a, a vehicle for J-Lo. An extension get... of the Instagram post, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> but it was her Oscar. Like, this was the thing where she was supposed to get her Oscar. So yeah. I don't know. But what you loved it. I, I just thought the story with Oh, total marmite here. I think she is, like, she is just essentially playing Jenny from the block a bit, you know what I mean, with that character. But I just thought it was, I thought the story was so good. I thought she really brought it to life. I was devastated. I was devastated for her when she didn't get nominated. But I think it was the thing that she kind of wanted it so much. Yeah. And I think there's something with 
with the Oscars and the Academy that it's kind of like you can't be seen to want it to a degree because that's not like what a prestige actor does like you have to pretend like you don't want it even though everyone does but she was just kind of open enough to be like I really want this like I've done all the rom-coms I've done everything like this is my first you know real attempt at like serious acting in inverted commas so I don't know Which is mad because the Oscars as we've all now learned is all about the campaigning like Mm. unless you're out there on a really good campaign trail with money behind you, the studios behind you, your film goes unnoticed. It has actually become incredibly political and the campaigning apparently is exhausting. I don't know why the actors don't put a stop to it and just say, listen, let's all just agree to do a certain amount as opposed to going on the road and promoting, promoting, promoting. It's endless. I think they're scared of, you know, everyone, it's like at Christmas time when you make this pact with your girlfriends, we're not going to buy each other a present. And then there's that one girlfriend who turns up with a present. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to be the only one who doesn't go out and campaign and everyone else is campaigning. And the other thing is, it's not, I mean, they always say that the Oscars, some people have said it was like the kiss of death. Yeah. Mm. Hillary, Hillary Swank. Like she went and won for Million Dollar Baby and her career hasn't really done as well as she thought. Um, And Halle Berry, I know she's still acting, but like she won her Oscar in, I think it was 2002. Mm. And it doesn't really, sometimes I think... And should we bring up Will Smith at all? What happened to Will? I don't know when we're going to see him again, but I mean, you know, you talk about self-destruction and the night of your dreams and something you've wished for all your life and then you've just self-destruct on Mm. the spot. Yeah. It sounds like Hustlers is is a real marmite in this room anyway, so... Put what it on your list. To, I'm. Yeah. I will advocate for hustlers for the rest of my life. To be honest, I'm I'll obsessed. Watch it again. Yeah, do please do. Okay, Jean. Well, we have a little bit of this taste Let's of the go first wine. Let's say we go on to some wine. Our first wine now um, is the 2020 Cortese Nostro, and it's Catarato is the name of the grape, which they've changed it now. And they're now calling it Lucido um, for, for 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 various reasons. Anyway, this is usually 16.95. It's on offer at 13.45 until the 30th of July in O'Brien's. Now, um, as I say, Lynn Coyle, who's master wine, who is the wine buyer of O'Brien's, invited me to an organic wine. Makers lunch featuring two amazing female winemakers, Delphine from Domaine de Lostal and Priscilla, whose family owned this winery, um, Cortese, in, in Sicily. And I mean, you know, th- there's a huge, like women and wine is a big thing. And Lynn is very much behind this. And she has when a... When you say women and wine is a big thing, you mean women winemakers wine, and, really? and working in the trade. And is that and, you? Uh, yeah, it's been... Well, th- I first came across w- women and wine when I was in New Zealand in 2003. That was my first experience. But mm. I know Lynn and um, a, girl, a girl called Justine who runs... Um, Justine Adam, who runs uh, Wines of California, started up about four years ago an Irish branch of this women and wine... Um, oh, I'll join that. Which, well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> trade only, I'm afraid. Oh, right. It's for everybody working in the trade. But Lynn has kind of been very much a leading light in, in terms of what she's doing. And it's very, it's just very much helping women who are working in the wine trade. Right. I mean, I'm a veteran of the wine trade, um, 32 years I'm working in it. And when I started, there weren't very many women. There was only a handful. And the women who, who helped me, people like Dominique Geary and Jacintha Delahaye, who were absolutely fantastic. But we were only a minority at that stage. Now it's completely different now there's an awful lot of women working in the wine trade really and it's absolutely why, amazing. Why you know? was it so um, 
That's such a male-dominated business for white. So I long. suppose it was, just, it was the time, you know. I mean, and and nobody knew very much about wine. I mean, when I went into the wine trade, I knew nothing about but wine. But you know, neither did any man who first went into the, the wine <laughs> well, trade. That, that's not exclusive to I was being a female beer drinker. And when I went for the interview, I promised I'd learn, and then I actually got bitten by the wine wine bug and actually fell in love with wine and studied and learned a lot about it, and yeah, it became it's, it's thirty wonderful years where I didn't work a day in my life practically. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but anyway, to get back to to. Lynn to, to Priscilla, who, who who makes this wine, um, it's it's organic, and and uh, this is another thing that's very very much on the rise. But what's interesting, Italy is actually in, leading the way in terms of organic wine production in Europe. It accounts for about fifteen percent of all organic wine produced. Spain is number two with eleven percent. But I went looking for some figures, and in fact, only zero point nine percent of all still wine sales here in Ireland are organic wines. And the and the age category who are driving that are the younger the very much the younger the the baby boomers aren't that you well they're kind of they sort of semi know what but the younger generation are really driving the same the younger of generations our, of are going to wine. save us all absolutely absolutely just on point they are but mm. anyway anyways but Stefano and Marina, who are Priscilla's parents, bought this winery in 2016 and it was in Flithers. There wasn't, you know, they bought it in Sicily and they have literally transformed it in a relatively short space of time into a working organic vineyard. So this is Catarato, which is this white grape, is Sicily's most planted white grape variety. But they changed the name to Lucido. Um, because it's actually the name of the clone of this grape and it's posher in other words, right? So, okay, so it, and don't even, I'm not even going to go into what clones are, but it's just, it's a posher version of this grape variety. So what you have is, it's a very aromatic, it's really got lots of perfume and floral aromas and then citrus. One thing I love about Italian wines, whether they be red or white, they always have tons and tons of acidity. And this, like, if you're going out to, you know, like kind of enjoy a nice sit in the back garden in the sun when it does come out and you want something fresh and light and refreshing, chill this down and have a glass of this and on offer in O'Brien's at 13.45. Well, I've just had a taste of it. Have have you two had a chance to Mm. taste? It's really good. Yeah, really good. Am I imagining, is there a little sparkle in it? A little bit of No, there's no petulance in that at the moment. Petulance, is that the word? Petulance, yes. There's no petulance (laughs) in that wine. I like it. I need these new words. But what there is, is it's acidity. What you're getting is a lovely, fresh, crisp acidity that just gives it a lovely lift. Tons of citrus, lemon fruit. And actually at the lunch, do you know what we had? We had fresh crab from Castletown Bearhaven in West Cork, so which was served with this. And it was yummy. It was yummy. Absolutely. Yeah, amazing. I, I do really want to ask you genuinely, do you know, can you tell the difference between organic wine and non-organic wine? Um, it's, yes, you can't, in a blind tasting would be very hard to tell the difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and e- even in the way you feel, like I, I would sometimes get itchy now, and I used to think that when I got itchy, uh, it would, there was something it's in the wine. Tannins, people said no, to me. No, no, it's, I tell you what, it's all about it's 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 all about what happens in the vineyards. So you know, working on the premise that the big guy eats the little guy. What they actually do is they stop using herb, herbicides, pesticides, in the they they promote the the growth of natural vegetation between the vines to encourage the insects. They love ladybirds. Oh, ladybirds are savage. They eat everything. Every insect that's going to attack your grape, the ladybirds will have a chomp. 
They love labor. And we should really be going. So we that's should what be it's like about. buying it's, organic. We should be And then there is a whole natural this. wine thing, which is less use of sulfur and all that. But but it just basic organic. It's it's like it's it, they're farmers. The people who make wine are farmers. So what you have is farmers who are using organic methods to make the wine. It's as which simple I presume as that. is a more expensive way of doing things because it, obviously mm, if you use not pesticides, necessarily. it costs a lot to buy um, chemicals to put on plants. So it's okay. it's all about the holistic approach and and. and I was in Beaujolais a couple of years ago and there was um, we met the son of a guy who had started this whole organic movement back in the 70s and their vines were so amazing there wasn't an ounce of anything on it and that was because for 40 years those vines have been treated immaculately so it's all about it's all that's about very looking after what's mm. going that's on very in, the, in the ground I always just thought that the organic way was the way more expensive way Serena what movie are you going to pick first to talk about before we go to the break we can start with Elvis come on you got to get on in they've already announced you on the radio come on Go. He's a young singer from Memphis, Tennessee. Give him a warm hayride welcome to a Mr. Elvis Presley. Get a haircut, buttercup. In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero. Well, you may go to college, you may go to school, you may have pink Cadillac, but don't you pick nobody's room. Dear Joe Kane with you today on The Moncrief Show. I'm joined by Jean Smullen, Fanula Jones and Serena Bellissimo for this week's Movies and Booze. Serena, that was a clip of the Elvis movie which you are raving about. Oh, I got chills just listening to it. I don't know what it is about Baz Luhrmann. Um, his films, I think, look, yes, I'm going to say it straight Now, off. you're Australian okay, and so is Baz. Yes. So you're, you're <laughs> shouting for Baz there. <laughs> no, and, and, and I get that, right? So I get that. There's, there's always this proud moment of, oh, my God, look at this Australian who has done so well. This Australian who's not a cookie cutter Australian, right, or a cookie cutter filmmaker. He does what he wants as he wants it. And I just, like, I first fell in love with him um, I watched Strictly Ballroom, he blew my mind. But then Romeo and Juliet, like that was incredible. But I remember I actually interviewed him um, a couple of weeks ago and I couldn't help it. At the end of it, I just went to him, I I have to tell you I love you because I remember coming out of um, Moulin Rouge and just seeing, I, I walked in and just went, what am I watching on screen? Like there's just... A mishmash of everything just that just makes sense. Yeah, no, listen, you are you are are right and have every right to be proud of Baz Luhrmann. He is one of the great artists of oh. our time, one of the greatest filmmakers, isn't ever. he? Well, so without shadow of a doubt. So then, when you hear that he's signed up to make the Elvis movie, you're going, okay, this could be great. Look, the one criticism I have about Baz is sometimes he can be oh, too bad. She has a criticism about Baz. <laughs> I didn't think there was going to be a criticism. Well, see, I didn't love. I have to say, Australia. There was remember we I never oh, watched God. it. I heard. <laughs> Yeah, and so look, the, the problem was with Australia, I think with Baz, he named it the wrong thing. If it was called an epic journey story or something, but the fact that he named it Australia, I expected this epic story about Australia. So when I heard he was attached to the Elvis story, I was like, oh my gosh, is he going to give us Elvis or is he going to give us something else? And he's given us a bit of everything, right? So it is about Elvis, but at the centre of the story is Colonel Tom Parker. And if you're an Elvis fan, you know that he basically ran Elvis's career. And in this film, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who doesn't know the story, but in this film you see that he also, while making him a star, he also held him back 
so much and it was devastating okay, to see. Okay, I'm in. I'm already oh. absolutely fascinated. I don't know enough about Colonel Tom Parker. I believe it's played by Tom Hanks, though. Tom Hanks that you do not recognise. And this is the thing, like, this film... The- I think I have the hots for Tom Hanks. I'm just going to declare that. <laughs> uh, you, you, won't have it, you won't have it for him in this film. Like in this film. I won't in this no, film. No, no. okay, because that's we- good. I'll be moving on to the next one. <laughs> but the thing is with this film, right, you've never seen Tom... Like, I was just trying to think about it. I usually love Tom Hanks. Doesn't matter who he plays, you mm. love him. No, you genuinely hate him, despise him in this film. So, you know, it's about Tom Hanks, but it's not Tom Hanks. We love you, Tom. (laughs) Um, Um, But then it is all... Look, so it's not necessarily a chronological biopic. You're not getting childhood... Are you getting you the whole you're getting gamut? That. So, okay, you're getting a bit of everything, though. So you're getting it, you know, it's touching on the race tensions in America. It's oh, touching, really? yeah, it's touching on his childhood. Oh, my gosh. His, like, his relationship with his mum, his relationship with Priscilla. What I love about Baz as well is that he tries to film where possible in Australia and bring in as many of the Australian stars that who may... And now we locals. love that. That's very generous. <laughs> yeah. Thinking of everybody, Baz. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I... I so I was watching it going, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen that person in so long. And But the woman who played um, Elvis's mum was phenomenal. Gladys, like, you learn information about Gladys that you didn't know. You learn why Elvis is as he is. Did they gloss over Elvis and his bad behaviour? Yeah, they, they definitely did that. Like, go watch Elvis and Me. It's a miniseries from 1988 that is written by... Um, is based on Priscilla Presley's me- memoir, Elvis oh, and Me. That's right. I, I think I wanted yeah. to, I remember wanting to see that at the time. But now that you're talking about performances, let's talk about who played Elvis. Oh my God. Who, who is he this was person? Incredible. Austin Butler. And this is a thing, right? So Have we seen Austin Butler before? In the Carrie Diaries, right? The Carrie the Diaries were a prequel what are the to the Carrie Se- Diaries. That's something <laughs> like Carrie <laughs> they, Diaries. They, they were. <laughs> they were <laughs> it was a prequel to Sex and the City, right? So he was in the Carrie Diaries. I was oh, talking, the Carrie oh, Diaries. Oh, sorry. The <laughs> Carrie Diaries. <laughs> Not Kerry. I have a Kerry Diaries. I've got it now. Not say the Kerry babies. Carry babies. Harry. God forgive me. I'll be very uh, right. Okay. Yeah. So he was in that. Um, he had auditioned. He had spoken to Miles Teller and Harry Styles mm. to play this role. And he was saying to me um, just recently, you can listen to the Blissmo Files tomorrow from 10 o'clock and spin if you want Sorry, to hear now, the Baz, <laughs> Sorry, now, just to be clear, Baz was saying to you. Yeah, about yeah, okay. Miles, uh, about um, Harry Styles, that he couldn't, Harry Styles is going to be an amazing actor, but he couldn't have him as Elvis because he's already an icon in his own right. So he needed someone who wasn't. Austin jumped through hoops. Baz called him one day, he turned up to this meeting. Five months later, they were still talking about the role. And at the end of the five months, Baz went, okay, we're ready for the screen test. It was like, was that not my audition? Then he went through countless auditions where he prepared for them and he'd walk into the audition room and Baz would just change everything on him. And he'd go, okay, how am I going to handle this? He sings. There's um, a lot of the older stuff. Yeah, Elvis my question was, is he, who, who sings? Elvis is singing the older stuff, but okay. the newer, like, sorry, the newer stuff, the older stuff, the stuff where the audio quality isn't great. It is quite grainy. It is Austin Butler. If you want to see it, see him sing this stuff, go over to Baz Luhrmann's Instagram. I mean, do we care? Do we care if it's really Austin no. or if it's Elvis? Do you guys care? I, no. I don't particularly, I just love looking at Austin Butler. My, there's, there's a man. How do you know him? What do you know him from? Do I know him? How do you know him? I just, I just, <laughs> I just, 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 I just,
just remember following this casting and find it like really interesting. Now I still think Miles would have done a very good job, but like we'll Miles never know. Too, so you yeah. know, Miles Teller, right, to be oh, right. like most recently in Top Gun Maverick. Up, Deirdre, yeah, um, okay. But I just find it fascinating Austin Butler's like commitment to the accent as well. Like he's not from that area. Now he just he talks like this all the time <laughs> in all interviews. Still, I'd say his girlfriend's head is wrecked <laughs> listening to him because it's just you don't talk like that. But anyway, I'm very excited to see this. I think I love oh, it. It's and do you know what they were? So I watched this once, and then I, my parents are over from Australia at the moment, and I took them to see this. The last film I asked my dad, "What's the last film you saw?" And he was like, it was "Something about a boat." So the last film he saw was the Titanic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So he wa- so this is the film that's going to get people. I think the last film that got people into the cinema was Bond. Am I correct? We were all talking about the James Bond movie yeah. after yeah. COVID. It was the first mm. thing we went to. I suspect this is going to be the next big Top movie Gun did it. See. And this, please see it on big screen. I was watching concert footage going like, oh my gosh, when he redoes the, the 68 comeback special. You're watching it going, is that Elvis or is that Austin? Like you cannot tell the difference. He just embodies Elvis. It's so good. But there's are, there are going to be people who go, yeah, no, nah, not for me. But it's so good. But is that just a Baz Luhrmann thing, though? Because I, I feel like so. he's very divisive. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of pelvis shots as well. Okay. We've, okay. No obje- we've no objections to that. I'm not complaining. <laughs> that no. gives me even more no. reason to go. No. <laughs> Say it on the biggest screen possible. 100%. Now, Fanula, what have you... You've got more things to tell me about. I've loads of things to tell you about. Um, Pick your favourite thing. We're <laughs> Well, this isn't my favourite thing, but I suppose let's get people, get the warning out ahead of time. Um, We're probably eventually going to have to deal with ads on Netflix. Um, So the co-CEO, Ted Sarandos, he was speaking at Cannes this week um, and he was basically just talking, you know, obviously Netflix is in, I don't want to say it's in a bit of trouble, but they definitely seem to be on a downturn. Well, let's say they're not on our worry list. No, No, they wouldn't be high on my worry list now. (laughs) I know they've lost... They've lost what two hundred thousand subscribers yeah. or something. Two hundred thousand small change to the, yeah. to the Netflix. Yeah, cutting jobs. But I think it's when you have like so many other streaming platforms coming out now. I think they are recognizing, and a lot of people migrating away from Netflix. I think they're recognizing that there but is a bit of a competition. Problem. No, yeah, boo hoo, poor the Netflix. <laughs> anyway, um, but basically they've said um, like they've recognized that they've left like this big section of their customers off the table because there are people who are going to look at Netflix and they're like, I can't afford this, but like I'll put up with ads. Um, so they are going to add an ad tier at some oh, stage. So does this mean if I play my if I pay my subscription, I don't have to watch ads? But if I don't, I can still watch. It'll be Netflix. a separate but subscription. So I'd say oh. it will either be maybe free or like much much cheaper than what's the bog standard? Uh, like eight euro, nine euro. Seven, I think. Seven, what, what are we paying now? It's jumped. What, what it's, jumped. it's about twelve euro now. <laughs> Netflix, like, 12 to 14 euro okay, I think so 12. I think, there's, I think it's, it's d- depending on if you're going to get the high definition package and everything or like if you want more people to be, if you want multiple screens or whatever but like basically yeah, they are saying that look we're going to add an ad tier um, What do we all think of this? Ads? On, but on everybody just fast forwards through ads anyway uh, they know, the younger generation don't watch ads at all you know they know they found a way mm. out to get around watching well, them they do what so YouTube they will find do a way not to watch them you yeah. know I suppose the, yeah. Well, that is the thing with YouTube. You have such an audience there that, like, I don't mind YouTube ads. Like, I'd never pay for YouTube. I think, you just to be sit honest. there going five, four, three, yeah, two, I'm just one. waiting to click on their remote, like, <laughs> yeah. skip ads, skip ads, skip ads. <laughs> I like to be honest. I'm like, I've cancelled my Netflix subscription because I've just like, I think I'll get it back for the end of Stranger Things. But like, that's the only thing I'm going to watch. And like that, Bridgerton, everything else I'm watching is somewhere else. Like Disney Plus is kind of winning for me in terms of content at the minute. Yeah, you see, this is the thing. You you need it all. Like you, yeah. you know, if there's a good show coming up on something, I'll subscribe yeah. just to get that show. Yeah, yeah, fully. So is fully. that what our future is going to be? We'll all subscribe for a little while and then. 
I think so. Unless until like I'm, I know monopolies are bad, right? But can we just have them all on one thing? Can yeah. we go back to that those days? Because they were. I can't be dealing with multiple subscri- subscriptions either. Like it's too many. Now, did you say when you said it had jumped? Was that per month? Twelve, fourteen per month? Yeah. I think okay, well I'm actually I just watched mine on my laptop I still have it at seven ninety nine, and it might have gone up a euro in the but How I think you? if you're just because I, I think if you're a new subscriber it goes up but I think if you're if you're an old subscriber so far they're leaving you alone as far as I know so we all need to get on Jean's account basically <laughs> yeah. so we can get it for free and I have no one on mine so it's grand <laughs> I'm not stealing from anyone <laughs> okay apparently my producer's trying to tell me to go to ads so guess what we're going to what a Friday. Somebody won the 30 grand there. I'm super excited. Yeah. And we have another wine. Jeez. Yes, we <laughs> do. Us. Now, we have the 2021 Wolf Blast Yellow Label Chardonnay. Um, 15 euro. It's everywhere. Super value. Tesco, Dunn's, O'Brien's. You'll get it everywhere. Now, Wolf Blast. Could you always, sorry for interrupting you, but could you always get it everywhere? Because I often look for that Chardonnay and you all see, I can find is The thing is, is everybody Blanc. wants Sauvignon Blanc now. It's the biggest selling grape variety on the Irish market, it's bar none. Chardonnay is, I think, in third or fourth place after Pinot Grigio. I think Pinot Grigio is two and Chardonnay is three. Chardonnay, it's, a, it's a, again a Marmite grape variety. People either love it or hate it. There's people, if you say the C word, oh, I hate Chardonnay, I hate now, Chardonnay. I actually love Chardonnay. I have a theory that people got awful snobbish about Chardonnay. They loved Chardonnay and then people started calling their children Chardonnay. <laughs> And I think people just decided it was a bit of a cheap wine. Chardonnay was huge, especially Australian Chardonnay. And then it kind of fell out of fashion. But I I mean, this is lovely. And you've all tried this. And and even when before we before we turn the mics on, you're all going, oh, this is lovely. Mm. And it is. I'm I'm back on the Chardonnay in a big way. Absolutely. And what happened was that Australian Chardonnay used to be quite heavily oaked, but they've now reined back on the amount of oak that they're using which means that you're getting the bed the, the nuances of the grape much more and it's all tropical fruit and melon and what the, the oak does it adds a certain kind of vanilla and spice to it but if it's too much oak it's it's it's, it's just a big gack but just a little bit of oak just gives just that that's a great word you say that when you're in a restaurant that's sorry oh, yeah, that's a bit gack when, when they pour it for you yeah. no sorry I don't like it it's a bit gack <laughs> Yeah. Petulant. Petulant gack. Petulant gack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, just a, a quick thing about Wolf Blast. It's, it's a, he actually says his name is Wolfgang Blast and he emigrated to Australia in 1934. He's still alive. I actually was lucky enough. I met him in 2013 in London. Lovely man. He still goes out. He worked the, the Wolf Blast. He sold the company year, a couple of years ago to big treasury wine estates. Now it's a big multinational company owner. But he still goes around the world as the sort of brand ambassador, you know, giving tasting and I'll be honest with you it didn't even man. occur to me that Wolf Blass was a person yeah. Wolfgang Blass Wolfgang yeah, Blass and a brilliant winemaker so anyway so this one is it's it's, it's on offer at 12 euro but there's a competition a staycation competition now it's very common when you buy the bottle you enter a code and then you have to write remember like the lion's tea why do you like you it you have to write a, a creative hashtag and the winner of the staycation and 500 euros to spend it's, it's actually it's secret escape it's a five night staycation with 500 euro spending money which is a nice nothing prize nothing wrong now. with that now. I wouldn't say no to that no, but you wouldn't. have to write the award winning hashtag hashtag it's not gack no it's not gack <laughs> but sure if you're not in you can't win as somebody once said a long time ago <laughs> okay well thank you very much for that um, we have another movie to talk about do we we do we have JLo the one that you really love yeah I, I did love it now now when I say I loved it yeah I think I loved it because I'm 54 and she's 50, uh, you know, something. 
And uh, oh, and we have a clip of it. Apparently, just heard that magically in my ear. This is all new to me. The radio. Let's hear a clip. Because I do so many things, and I'm really involved in all the decision making. Sometimes it gets to be too much. I love you, baby. Let me finish this, and I'll call you right after, okay? Hi, baby. Hi, mommy. Heard you've been having nightmares, baby. I want to see you in the morning. Maybe we can talk a little bit, okay? I've never seen you sick. And you won't. Even when I'm sick, you won't know I'm sick. Right, J-Lo. J-Lo, right. She's 52 now. I said 50. But you were... Dying to age her up, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But you were right. She was 50 at the time of making this. So her big um, Super Bowl milestone was in 2020. This... This is basically a look at J-Lo's career with two main focuses. Hustler, which we've talked about Mm -hmm. already, and um, the The Super Super Bowl Bowl moment. Yeah. Now, we all at at that time thought it was groundbreaking, and it was. Like a Latino, two Latino women up there because she performed with Shakira, you know, um, performing halftime Super Bowl. It wasn't until I watched this that I just went, actually, she has a point. She was... She was a little bit frustrated when she got it because she was like anyone else and it would have been just them. She was a little bit... And, and as, she wasn't throwing shade. Has on, it genuinely only been one artist to perform at the halftime Super Bowl? Now, Janet well, Jackson famously. Yeah, but do you know what? It was more cameos along the way, right? So even okay. like when Beyonce performed, it was Beyonce with and some they, yeah. cameos thrown in, right? But the main player would got have been... Got the stage by themselves. Yeah. Now, j was up as the main player but you know Shakira there was equal billing um, so it was just really interesting So you're, you're not the main player can I just say if, if there's equal billing that's, yeah. that's a double bill Yeah and, and that's what, and it was really interesting to see this because she was like I feel like it's a sort of slap in the face yeah. where they're saying you know you can't have one Latino woman and again if they, I wasn't watching this at any time going you're throwing shade at Shakira you're raising a valid point. Why does it take two women to do yeah. what one Not because there was a man do. in charge. That's why. Exactly. And he said, we couldn't give that to one woman yeah. she could make a hand. Look, there's look, there's two of them. <laughs> Stick the two of them on. Now, it really worked in her favour because uh, and, to, and for Shakira's because the two of them together were just mm. unreal. It was brilliant, but it's really interesting to see all the fight she had to go through to yeah. get, you know, she wanted to, at, at the time, there was Trump and his horrible, atrocious immigration laws and remember the kids in cages and, you know, she had to fight. She wanted to put all of that in her in her performance because she's like, I'm now at an age where I realise that it's not just about me. I need to speak up for others. So well, the... Yeah, absolutely. What I was going to say was she 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 has decided at this point in her life that she is not unafraid to speak and to make a point and that she her platform is enormous. I actually think that anybody who has a platform that size really does need to say something. Yeah, but do you know what? Do you know what's really interesting though? She has a platform that size, and we think that it's only us in this room and you know us mere mortals that suffer from um, uh, imposter syndrome. But she suffers from that, you know. Well, all particularly if you've been put down as much as she has. That's essentially what this film is about for me. And that was the horrible thing, watching it, right? And go, we know. And when you watch back those clips, you just cringe. When she was in relationships, it was her who was getting the constant shtick. Yep. It was never the man she was with. And There's no question. We love to batter women oh, down, on, uh, successful yeah. women in particular. And and, and, and it, it took a, a toll on her mental health, on, on everything. And she had to fight for everything. You know, she first came to public's attention with In Living Colour, where she started as a dancer. Then she went and did Selena, the movie about the Latino singer, really popular singer who was gunned down um, by the president of her fan club. 
And then when she said at that stage, I want to sing, everyone went, what are you doing? Like, stay in your box. And she wasn't going to stay in her box. The only thing I will say is that I wish there was a bit more. It is, I'm stealing what you said. It is an Instagram post. Yes, I, I look, don't prepare feel like yourselves. To... It's a sort of hallmark card, yeah. feel good story. However, it's a really valid point that she's been spent her whole life. Even Now, she's not on my worry list, lads, because she, <laughs> she has millions in the bank. However, she yeah. has been criticised an inordinate amount and put down and I think when your life is in the tabloids like that and they criticize you that much that's that's a big thing. And now she's and now she's going to face another criticism that we see Madonna facing. Now she goes into the realm of ageism, right? Where people will start to put her down because this is a society we live in at the moment for doing stuff that's not in her age bracket. And I'm hoping that that's a glass not wall that she bracket. can shatter. Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not in her age bracket. Like, seriously, she's 52. Oh, it's, but that's what I'm saying. It's horrible. Like, Madonna, half the time, the reason why Madonna gets bashed is because, you know, she, she chooses to live her life unapologetically. I haven't seen Madonna for a while. Where, oh, where you don't follow gone? her on Instagram, do yeah. you? Oh, my no, God. do I need to follow her? Oh, God, I'm going to do it immediately. Oh, I have been living. She's 64. Yeah. And she's, I think she's great. I she's really flattered, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. I need to follow her immediately. Put that on your list. Put that on your to do list. Now, Fanula, what have you. Follow Madonna. And that's on my list, love. I have it immediately. Follow Madonna. And I'm sure she'll follow me straight back. Right, Fanula, give me more showbiz news. We're getting more Love Island, whether we like it or not. We're getting two oh, series next year. Still beating hearts. I'm kind series. of weary. And I love it and I'm kind of weary as well. So like basically ITV have announced that there's going to be two series next year. So like the normal, regular... Spanish summertime skimpily clad series and then we're going to have the Winter Love Island back again so they did it for the first time in 2020 where they brought them and to and it wasn't successful was it the first I time I think it it was successful but if you were to compare in terms of viewership to if you are to ask a fan in terms of like actual content entertainment it was actually a decent series but like in terms of viewership it didn't do the numbers that the summer one does I don't think we want to watch other people I, in bikinis and we're stuck under the blanket froze <laughs> and, the, and the old bills coming in now Look at them wearing nothing and frozen. Inflation, oh my God. Inflation. I think on paper, I think people thought it was, not to use the pun, but I think on paper, people thought it would work because it was like, we're all stuck inside, we're all miserable. Of course, we want all these people just lobbing the gob and like that transport of, you know, the sun is shining, I'm somewhere else. But when you did watch then, as you said, you just kind of felt a bit miserable. Like it was just watching, you know what I mean? It was just... I don't want to watch these people in the winter. I am watching it now because I have teenagers Yeah, and I kind of feel like the only way I can deal with it is to watch it so I can comment on it at the very least. But that's the thing. I feel like once you start watching it even if you hate it you leave the opinion of someone. You just get sucked in. But yeah that's uh, two series next year for 2023 so for anyone who's interested aka just me probably. I'm I'm at Apprehensive. I, it's a lot of Love Island in one year because even the year that they did uh, Winter Love Island for the first time, there was no summer series because of COVID. Remember that? So I like I don't know. It just seems like it's going to be a yeah. lot, and I feel like we might reach. Yeah. For some people I mean, listening, they're like we're at saturation point, but I feel like this is going to be saturation point. Yeah. It has to be like when you're watching it. Uh, like I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking to myself, who was the person who decided that bikinis weren't revealing enough? <laughs> When I watch them, smaller. yeah, and they're switching the triangle bikinis around so that there's even less like nipple coverage per oh, square. Yeah, foot and now like there's, an under, there's an under. There's so an under. So the new yeah. fashion is to show the under part yeah. of the boob, and the thongs are all the rage. Yeah. I, I never find these attractive. Now I'm not a man. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but 
my God. Do you know what I find upsetting? I feel like they've taken the one piece from us. Like, I used to be able to go into a, a shopping, a, a, shop, a shop is what they call it. one piece. And go, yeah. But now I get it and have a heart attack where I'm going, this doesn't even cover anything. Like, the one piece used to cover you. And you see, Bring I back just, the swimming trunks. Yeah, Bring I, them actually, back. but I just don't, for some reason, I don't feel that the men are as exposed or as vulnerable as the women are in that show. There's is definitely not enough. But the ratio of dental floss, like thong, mm-hmm. underwear, bikinis and budgie smugglers, <laughs> it's off. It's way off. That's all I'm saying. I TV if you're listening it's way off <laughs> way way off way off okay well what else have we have to got to say now before we come any other stories Vanilla? any other stories uh, Reggaeton Page is not coming back to Bridgerton a lot of uh, rumours this week I know people were very sad he was just a photograph with Jonathan Bailey and the papers just decided he was coming back and he had to come out <laughs> on Instagram and say absolutely not so sorry Bridgerton fans Did not you, next series isn't he, now this is really bad gossip that I have because I can't give you everything I can only give you the headline didn't he wasn't he recently signed as the face of either a perfume or some beauty yeah. product yeah, yeah. So so this Mr. he's busy Mr. Yeah. Uh, 2K Stings yeah. he's busy he's, like, and he's, in, he's in the grey Man, which is coming to Netflix soon. That's going to be a big they, movie. So. Um, don't they follow the story of a different sibling it's, every time? That's the that the like, idea? He's not even the focus of the next series. It's Nicola Coughlin no, and Jermaine. Yeah. How exciting is that? Yeah. Our girl. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Oh it's my god, absolutely! Yeah. And yeah. it's with Colin. Did yeah. we love a bit oh. of Bridget? We did, Pot. and, oh. and yes. it was unbelievably sexy. And there wasn't a thong in sight, or a small bikini. You know, corsets and swimming tops. Perfectly respectable, except for the ride. Okay. Um. Okay, I think um, I think that's it. Is there anything vital that anybody needs to say? The wine is mighty, thank you. I'm glad you brought you me right it. back to my wedding day there now. Cool. Delighted here's myself. to Wolf Blast, lovely man. Here's to Wolfgang Blast. Blast. <laughs> um, many thanks to Serena Bellissimo, Jean Smullen and Fanula Jones as always. Movies and booze on Moncrief. On News Talk.